This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. We are back with another commission podcast. Uh, today's commission is the 1992 courtroom classic, A Few Good Men, starring Demi Moore and Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. Don't list them all. We'll be here all day. Just a bunch of people that you've you've heard of and seen on the, the large and small screen. Uh, directed by Rob Reiner, uh, written by Aaron Sorkin and frequent Reiner collaborator William Goldman. Uh, this is commissioned by uh, our, our old friend Sean Ray, who has got a a checkered uh, commission history. He uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, has done various things like the fantastic uh, sci-fi horror It Follows, mm-hmm. um, the solid uh, horror James Wan series Insidious, uh, Blood Simple, the mm-hmm. first Coen Brothers film. Interesting, in if, if, if nothing else, for anthropology, archaeology type of, of reasons. Uh, and then Black Rain. Uh-huh. Which is Michael Douglas as a motorcycle welding cop out yeah. of water in Japan, taken down. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I think I blacked out in the last act of that movie. Uh, this is an easy. This is an easy watch. This oh is, yeah, this is a great movie. It's a. It's a little over two hours and ten minutes, and mm-hmm. it feels like about eight minutes um, worth of film because I I enjoy it. I was shocked that this is. Uh, this is like the movie is is fully half the courtroom scenes or the court the the, the courtroom battle. Yeah. I in my, my in my memories of this film and it's been a decade plus since I've seen this last that you know it's like essentially the last act. The first two thirds are the investigation, but there's not much to investigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we know the facts of the case. Like within ten minutes of the movie, it's just getting the people to admit them or, or you know getting the smoking gun. Um, yeah, yeah, it's different in that it's not. It's not so much a mystery. I, I viewed this more as a character drama. It's it's weird. This this is kind of a tale of two movies here because it, it, on one hand it's very much about the personal development of Kathy, right? Tom yeah. Cruise's character. Yeah. On the other hand, it's questioning like what does it mean to be a patriot? What like what is security and truth worth? Uh, mm-hmm. What are you willing to give up for it? Those kinds of things. And, and I feel like Aaron Sorkin is pretty good at that stuff. Usually mixing like pretty good character development with with these other themes mm-hmm. even even if it remains a little bit surface level i've seen criticism leveled against this movie saying oh well it doesn't go deep enough into these topics it doesn't really give you a clear answer i'm like well yeah but this is a movie that was designed to gross 240 million dollars in the box right. office like it did so what do you want and it's of an era it's of a time and yeah. era um more innocent time some might say yeah i mean that's what i kept like the i still think this is a a fantastic movie and it's very watchable but uh and when i was a younger man it like really got the heart pumping right but as an older man who's seen first of all just a shit ton of aaron sorkin at this point Mm -hmm. uh like you really see his bag of tricks on display sure and also as a more cynical almost 42 year old uh some of this stuff, like, I, I question how, like, black and white and how, you know, it, it's very good moral melodrama, but it doesn't feel very accurate. Mm-hmm. Like, as as great as that final scene is and as great as the acting job is and, and it, it really sucks you in, it's like it's still, 
Tom Cruise screaming in court at the superior officer with the judge saying, you're out of order, you're out of order, gavel, gavel, all these armed Marines just standing there, you know, like... It, yeah, it's over the top. Yeah, and, and like, it's also like that, um, you know, it's parodied in The Simpsons where, like, uh, Slideshow Bob was getting, you know, he, he was, he was uh, on trial for, like, election fraud, mm-hmm. and he does this Colonel Jessup thing where, he's, where he, uh, <laughs> con- he essentially confesses to the whole thing, but it's like, well, what are you going to do because you need me? And right. a judge has him arrested. He goes, what, what for? He goes, oh, yes, the various crimes I committed. Like, right. I, I guess I want to talk about this much later because Sean wants us to get into that scene, and it's the yeah, yeah. It's we'll the, talk about that. It's the fucking spotlight of the movie, so Absolutely. of course it will. But like, I do want to ask the question: Is Colonel Jess- Jessup believably that like stupid or or like uh, berserker? Because I don't think he's in- unintelligent. That's a fair question. I think we should we yeah. should leave that for the final scene. Um, I want to before we get too much uh, further into this uh, movie review. I want to let uh, Sean Ray have the floor here. Okay. Hey, guys, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the 1992 classic, A Few Good Men. This is one of my favorite movies of all time, and Tom Cruise, Demi Moore, and Jack Nicholson are amazing in it. Mm-hmm. He is in his full Jack Nicholson-y stage, but he's perfect as Colonel Jessup, in my opinion. Uh, this is directed by Rob Reiner, who had an amazing first seven films to start his career, including This is Spinal Tap, Stand By Me, The Princess Bride, uh, Stand By Me Again, apparently, <laughs> Misery, and A Few Good it. Men. Uh, I enjoy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I enjoy watching the three defense lawyers try to solve this mystery as they are being derailed by a powerful man who will do anything to cover up his mistakes. The truth and lies the defense team have to go through to find justice for the clients as well as the victim. The frustration of the defense team because the defendants Dawson and Downey are not fully cooperating with them due to their honor code. Mm-hmm. The fears and frustrations of a rookie lawyer trying to get out of the shadow of his father. Uh, and of course, that final scene where Jessup is called to testify. I think Aaron has said on the Godfather podcast he's seen the first Godfather between 20 and 30 times, and this film is my Godfather. I've seen it at least 20 times, and I love it each time. He says that from the moment Caffey introduces the ground crew of O'Malley and Rodriguez, I know every line from every character until the end of the movie. Um, How many times have you seen this movie? I think, honestly, it's probably my third time. Okay. I think I've seen it on and off, like, parts almost in its entirety probably right. like five times this is like so like um if, if, in my purse like if, if there's a timeline of my personal interest in film this movie came out at a time where i was old enough i was like 15 and 16 i was old enough to be intensely interested in adult movies that mm, i was seeing yeah. like the oscars and stuff and commercials but like not old enough to like have my fucking mom let me go see a rated r movie <laughs> i'd have to move out for that this is one of the first movies i watched when like you know, I had a short list of like I'm going to VCR this shit as soon as I get out of my own home. You know, uh-huh. and I was excited, and it, and it like this, and like JFK, which is another one. Funny enough, that I think Sean, um, I think it's Sean. It, it's an upcoming commission anyway. Uh-huh. Um, those are on my short list because I tend to really like these political thrillers. I le- read a lot of Grisham when I like Grisham and Clancy. Right. That was like you know my 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 big adult di- diet growing up. Uh-huh. Uh, what's about you? What's your relationship with the film? Uh, it's, it's one of those things that I had seen, um, kind of in parts on TV on and off when I was growing up and, you know, like my dad would watch them. Right. And I wasn't, wasn't that interested in them because I wasn't that old. Uh, eventually like I had heard a lot of good things about this movie and I knew I had seen pieces of it and I'm like, fuck it, let's go watch this movie. Um, and so probably when I was like 17 or so, Mm -hmm. I watched the movie in its entirety and I loved it. I loved it from the first watch. Um, it's it's 
just stellar acting mm-hmm. all around. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I have I have some very minor complaints about this movie, but they're mm-hmm. they're just that they're minor. Mm-hmm. This is overall a really entertaining film. Yeah, the other thing I hope I don't forget to talk about is like as I was watching this, I'm like, this would be another like decent like remake. It, that's like, what I'm like, thinking. It's almost like, 30 years. Since refresh it's... it for like a modern, you know, mm-hmm. like what what kind of bullshit would a modern? You can still get cast Tom Cruise as Kathy. He you could, could play still, the same yeah, age. Yeah, it wouldn't be a problem at all. Um, in fact, and maybe it, it's just a it's a it's a sequel. It's a few more good men, <laughs> right. and he's just now he's at the he's at towards uh, you know he's not in the end. He's no, it's like, three years later. Now yeah. he's got a reputation. Yeah, but it, wouldn't he be like with his with it? I wonder what his career arc would get. Would he be like? The equivalent of on the Supreme, um, you know, Martial Justice Court or whatever. He, he would be the judge right. in the court. He, he yeah. would be the JAG, the uh-huh. Judge Advocate yeah. General. Five-star so. Judge Advocate General. I, I've got, man, I've just got reams of notes here on Caffey and stuff that I want to talk about his character. Because it's, okay. it, it, it's simultaneously the best character and also the weirdest but maybe most unbelievable character in the whole that's, that's movie. That's Sorkin. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's like it's, like, it's, it's a Sorkin's like a unami flavor. It goes down so good, but then you like burp. And it's like what is that weird right. aftertaste? Why yeah. is he always swinging a baseball bat? What the fuck? Yeah, it's Sorkin. It's Sorkiny. I mean, it's not even just the baseball stuff. I'm I'm thinking, how does a character like Caffey make it to Jag? How how does he become a Navy lawyer? Right. When Every tendency we see from him is to flout authority, to ignore regulation sure. and, and and protocol. Like, in the course of this movie, he is always late. He's chronically late, which is not something you do in the military, in any branch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've in, been told, anyway. In order to get to where he is, he had to go through two levels of schooling. He had to go through ODS, which is Officer Development School, and then he had to go through NJS, which is... Navy Justice School. Mm-hmm. And ODS is not like, you know, boot camp. It's not right. it's not like basic training or anything, but it is rigorous. And then they teach you about the protocols and they enforce those protocols. This is a man who is chronically late. 6 a.m. is apparently super fucking early for him. He's like, oh, yeah. 6 a.m., right? right? Oh, Jesus right. Christ. D- dude, if you've been through ODS, you're probably waking up at like 4 a.m. regularly. <laughs> Uh, he forgets that he needs to be dismissed from meetings by a superior officer. Right. What? What? Have you gone through the programs? Is uh, Jack, is, are you he, sh- is, so, also, he's not crazy about boats, which I thought was hilarious. In the, yeah, yeah. He's, for Christ's sakes, you're in the Navy. Uh, he, he never has a pin on him. He's chronically unprepared. Right. Like, these are all things you would get a code read under Jessup for. However, I will say... This guy reminds me of any of my real of my real life acquaintances. This guy is reminds me a lot of our buddy Ian. Okay, like <laughs> yeah, and and and, and like he has ascended stories. to the high, highest level of like the 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 justice. The you know it seems like he's a very well respected justice. So like I think it can happen. You just have a, the right combination of intellect, charm, right? And but he's not in the military. The military true, demands true, precision, and true. and it's. It's demonstrated. I think the reason they show that scene early, early, not even early, just uh-huh. at the very beginning of the movie, of you know the the line of gunmen juggling their guns. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Right. I'm not in. I'm not in Jag. Drill. Uh, yeah, doing this drill. drill. 
that is to demonstrate the level of precision yes. that the military demands. And yes. it's to reinforce Jessup's arguments, right? right? Like, this but is not an organization also, that makes mistakes or gets things right. confused or but, is sloppy. But that should also be reflected in Tom Cruise's character, Caffey. Right. Because he is a part of that. But he's a Navy boy, not a Marine. As any, as any, <laughs> because as, the Navy has no as, standards as, whatsoever. As any yeah. jarhead would tell, or wait, leatherneck, leatherback, uh, whatever. As anyone would tell you, uh, there, that's no Marine Corps. But no, I, I take your point. It's like, but, but that's all. But even... here's the thing: like how what I what I because I just watched like, um, uh, fuck, what was uh, Top Gun? I just watched Top yeah. Gun like four months ago. Cecily had never seen it. And I'm, it was like a spring day, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? We're watching it right now. Great, also great film. This. His exact the exact same character beats as Top Gun. It's the brash, <laughs> right. like or almost Independence almost, Day, almost, or, almost yeah. a lunatic disregard for orders. Who's being sent to this like very prestigious like and put yeah. in this thing, and he's not really qualified. He's got an old man with like a, a revered yet somehow checkered past. It's always constantly mm. stacking up to him. And well, that's the thing. You I, know, it's like Tom Cruise is the exact same fucking character in both movies. It's just there's less homoerotic volleyball in this one. <laughs> sure. So people say, well, this is a series. This like you know, yeah. how, you know they, they take it character more seriously, even though. And I know people are are screaming at me like, yeah. "There's a reason for all this." And yes, I I get it, but I don't think it would excuse everything we see because. Even having been through NJS, having been through eight years of law school, most likely, this is a man who doesn't know the procedure for getting his client's new representation. Right. What the fuck? Right. He has to ask his fellow lawyers about that? Ask the judge how to do that? No. No, he should know how to do that. Yeah. And even if you didn't know, like, that's something you'd easily be able to find out. Like, that would be the easiest thing for a lawyer with a law degree to figure out. Like, I don't remember the exact procedure. You know what will be, where it will be. It'll be in... The Uniform Code of Justice, right? It'll be in. I know exactly where to look it up. I'll do Maryland that legal status statute. Like, yeah, it's like the <laughs> it's like a programmer not remembering how to fucking do, uh, you know, a quick sort uh-huh. and just being like, well, how do you do a quick sort? Fuck, motherfucker, Google Experts <laughs> right. Exchange. How are you asking this in a meeting? Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah. But you know, I feel like that this character is like Sorkin's idea of what he would be like in the military. Of what Sorkin would be like, yeah, and if okay. and if and if and if, uh, and if uh, the military wouldn't have a guy like them, they then they wouldn't have him. They wouldn't and, have right. him. He wouldn't yeah. be in the JAG. Yeah, core. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so it, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Also, <laughs> Caffey is a train wreck on multiple levels. It's yeah. not even just that he's poorly trained and right. somehow glides through on Daddy's coattails. Yeah, his reputation. Caffey also there, there's a scene where he gets fucking blitzed, and he comes home because because Markinson has just Blown kill, killed himself. Yeah. He's found out about that, and he pisses off Demi Moore, mm-hmm. and she goes walking in the rain. And then he pulls up and says, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep going on this case. Mm-hmm. Get in the car." Mm-hmm. And Demi Moore doesn't want to get in the car. Well, why is that? Is it because she's mad at him, or is it because there's a fucking drunk man behind the wheel of a car? <laughs> you oh, yeah. idiot! Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, he had just downed right. a bottle of Jack Daniels. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not getting in that car. Not because I'm angry, but because you're blitzed. But those are those moments of hyper reality that where, like, you know, first of all, I guess it's '92. Maybe drunk driving wasn't as big of a. <laughs> maybe it was. It was safer to drunk drive. <laughs> or no, I'm just saying maybe it just wasn't as big a taboo because, like, you know, okay, it's like yeah. you could go back and watch Mad Men and like businessmen would tie one on and get in the car in the reg, and people would drink when they're pregnant and smoke when they're pregnant, and casual racism and litter. Yeah, just like it's. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's like. A changing more. It's kind of like watching early '80s commentary and or uh, comedies and realizing, whoa, look at the rape culture on display right. that we'll later deny. Um, 
I, I feel like that's a little bit of that, but also like the thing that I thought was interesting. There's a they try to force this chemistry between Tom Cruise and Demi Moore. Yeah, and I've got two yeah. problems with it. Number one is the standard Sorkin problem of any professional man and woman at the top of their game when they meet will just instantly be mortal enemies until they figure out they should be banging, and then <laughs> we didn't actually get to see the banging, but so it will definitely be heavily implied. So I I guess so this was a play before it was a movie. Don't don't forget uh, to ask me about my second problem because it's a bombshell. Uh, uh, we will okay. we'll get back All to right. it. Um, but to address this, it's interesting because this was a play. Yes. Sorkin turned it into a movie, and then he said, it, when, when he was doing this and they were casting Demi Moore, the executives came to him and said, why do we have Demi Moore? Why is, is she a she in mm-hmm. this movie if they're not going to get together? <laughs> and he said, because women are useful for more than just banging Tom Cruise. And Sorkin so, knows that? <laughs> y- yeah, so apparently like Sorkin in this movie, or, or maybe... Maybe it was Reiner. I don't know. It, yeah, yeah. It, it was. Right, right, right. It was some combination of the production staff there said, "No, this is not." So we're that's not why do there's this, this weird but will they weird won't we within the yeah. whole fucking film. The date is very strange. It kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. So that, that they was maybe like, should have pulled that out. That was their way of like following the studio notes, by, but yet still I think so. like making a point of nineties nineties era feminism. Right. Because apparently there was, I think, a scene that they shot or a scene that was in the play or something that they pulled. Where like at the very end, Demi Moore asked him out on a date, and he and or he asks her out on a date, and she says like, only if you wear matching socks, which is a callback to something else that happened earlier in the movie. Right. And they they pulled that, so huh. I think they made a concerted effort not to to make it that kind of relationship. Well, the other thing is, here's my second problem. I think Demi Moore and Tom Cruise look like brother and sister. Oh, Jesus. Like, their eyes are exactly the same shade and color. They have similar facial construction. And, like, it's very Luke and Leia. Huh. And I felt like that chemistry was not hot. It was incestuous. And Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah, that with the whole movie, like, oh, maybe like, it looks like we're supposed to, but no, we're not. Like, mm-hmm. it kind of heightened that sensation. But, like, gotcha. I found that very... I wish, I wish they had just played Demi Moore as being... Uh, a hard-nosed but very legalistic attorney with no trial experience. Yeah. So she's idealistic and she doesn't really know how things work. Mm-hmm. And Tom Cruise was the one that's like much more talented but also more of a shit weasel that like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm just going to play the... I'm just going to churn through all these appeals and you know he's going to better call Saul it up and just leave all the sexual chemistry out because yeah. it was every single time that started happening the movie just started getting clunk clunk, clunk, clunk like you Absolutely. know someone poured a sh- sugar in its fuel tank and it just wasn't having it and maybe it's because you know it doesn't go anywhere right nothing yeah. comes of it it's just there kind of for the sake of being there it's it's very right. strange i mean it does give them an opportunity to discuss some important you know character beats uh for Kathy. Uh-huh. like i think the the progression of him from complete fuck up who never should have been admitted to jag in the first place to guy who stands up uh and says i need to show myself as honorable here and do the right thing uh i think is a pretty good arc it reminded me a lot of that um paul newman the verdict uh-huh. Like like that same kind of like there's this okay. hot shot lawyer who maybe he was great. This is like, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. But, but he's like just not fucking taking anything seriously. And he gets handed a case where it's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. 
I am a terrible human being if I don't handle this seriously, but I don't know that I even can because it's been so long. Like, it's a no, lot. that's a great movie, it's, too. It's, it is. It is. But it's like it's a lot of his – he's just a, a younger version of that uh, uh, Robert Red- – or not Robert Redford, Paul Newman character. Great yeah. fucking character, though. And the motivations are good. I mean, you know, there, there's always – with younger characters, there's always that element of, like, can they get out of Daddy's shadow, right. essentially, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I think, like, the Force is pushing him in that direction, both a little bit of shame, like, yeah. you know, when Demi Moore calls him an ambulance chaser with a rank. Right. Uh, that's in there. The shame coming from seeing these very honorable men, right, um, tell him that they have no respect for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as as well-placed or misplaced as that might be, I think that shames him kind of into keeping this case going. Got it. Um, and then there's, you know, he 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 kind of also does it out of spite in a weird way. Like, he deduces mm. somewhere along the way that they put him on this case because they wanted it to settle out of court. Right. They they That's what they want is this thing to go away. Right. And for these scapegoats to take it. Because the, the thing is, is... He wasn't supposed to die, right? Like I, it, I don't it, think so. Because no. that's the one thing I haven't seen this movie enough, and it's been a long time. I haven't really thought uh, about it. But like, I think that the there there was no poison. That they just were supposed to just beat the shit out of this kid. Yeah. And ever to everyone's surprise, because he's got this medical condition, he probably shouldn't have been running in the heat of Cuba. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to definitely talk about that. Like this whole, you know. This this poor uh, private uh, Santiago. Santiago and like it's very similar to or I think it's similar to the Bo Bergdahl uh, mm. situation like in peacetime with a all volunteer military. I understand that like when you give soldiers orders, they should follow them. But like early on, you got to see like some of these guys just shouldn't be here. Yeah. And it's better for everyone's involved for them to to not not be around. Like I get maybe if we're fighting an existential war. Mm-hmm. You have to do shit like this because you just can't have people deserting because whatever, because they're not cut out for it. Or I, I don't know if we got a full draft and it's like, you know, nation, you know, World War Two type of situation. But it, it's hard to argue that you should, you know, beat the shit out of people because they're bad soldiers. Yeah. Or because they, you know, for whatever reason, mental, emotional, physical, they're just not cut out for soldiering. Mm-hmm. You know, you should kick them out. Yeah. Should transfer him to a, a lighter duty, right. some, some other like maybe he'd make a great lawyer. Yeah, in, in fucking Jag, right? Like, right, right. Let's get him on that path. Yeah. Let's let's not force him in down the path that we want him on. Let's put him on the one he's suited for. Right, right. Although it's like you know, if a kid, you got a kid that can't even meet basic physical training standards, I, I, I just yeah, there's got to be a better way than fucking you know doing a blanket party on him or code red or whatever. I would think so, but that's not the kind of guy Jessup is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing is. Um, yeah, I had a little bit problem with like the character of Colonel Jessup, like this guy okay. who's just about to rise to yet. Yeah, you know, this guy seems like very politically ambitious, but on the eve of this triumph, he's going to just flout a general order because for this like fuck up soldier, because why not? And you know, it's like I, that felt like a very fool. I get you. Kind of, yeah. kind of like he's the the Colonel version of the Tom Cruise character. He's just okay. he's a little bit too full of himself and sure of his position in the universe and he's acting foolish. This is like the cop who's 
a week away from retirement and decides to take a case, right? Right, exactly. Decides, I'm going to exactly. take this one last it's case. Like, yeah, you know, boys, I'm I'm here in this like you know high pressure situation uh, uh, here down in Cuba, and I'm about to get out of it and you know have my coronation. Yeah. Let's code red this this fucking flame out. <laughs> this nobody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want I want to go out with a bang. It's like kind mm-hmm. of kind of odd. It was a, it was a, an odd odd character, and that's the thing. It's like I wish if I was going to remake this, I'd give him some other motivation. Just ooh rah, got to be hard ass in front of the red Cubans. You know, like yeah, like he's. Uh, He's it's just like it's greed. Like he's actually doing some kind of deal to to make money. You know, it, it like is, he's it like is he's like weird. he's like tilting as like some sort of government contract abuse or maybe there's even foreign money. If you want to make it really political, there's mm. like some kind of Russian influence type of thing. And he it's just it's just it's just corruption one hundred and one. It's not like good versus evil. Some Spartacus three hundred philosophy versus you know Tom Cruise's dress white. Uh, slur word for homosexuals kind of routine you know right. just make it like it's just corruption and it happens even in places as focused with honor and truth and and righteousness as the fucking marine corps well i i do think that the movie frames jessup as the bad guy i mean yeah he, he's doing an honorable job but he's maybe not performing it quite as honorably as we would like so like because they present him as having a god complex, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, people obey my orders because they're my orders. Right. Uh, I deserve respect because I am who I am, and I do the job I do, and it's more dangerous than your job. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely comes across as a guy who demands respect above everything else. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that serves the movie really well. I mean, and. And you need a fucking actor like Jack Nicholson. I right. I cannot say enough. He's good fully stuff believable about Jack as Nicholson. this character. Like I I hundred percent. I question the character, but his portrayal of it is exactly what a guy like that would be like. Yeah, it's just I I, I guess it's like that's the other Sorkin thing is like this is a weirdly pro military anti military film. Yeah, it's it's a tale of because he's two saying movies, because yeah. like there's some crucial things where Sorkin's like getting his uh, digs in where. Mm-hmm. Colonel Jessup has has him give this um, is it Mickelson the guy to commit suicide later Markinson Markinson yeah. he he gives him like this kind of like well you know boss we shouldn't do the code red we can't really do this no it's you know it's not right it's against the law and he gives uh-huh. the like well look at you pissant I've 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 risen faster to the ranks and it's kind of like the film's referendum on like guys like Jessup succeed in the military whereas people yeah. they're like by the book and. I don't know that that's consistent with my understanding of military reality. It seems like there's plenty of room to be a by the book. I'm going to do exactly what I'm told to do. Like, like, you, you know, like that, like the people that are more middle of the road, not like gung ho effective get or like, yeah. you know, super. It's, it's people in the middle that make political decisions that rise the fastest. And I thought, you know, there again, that's 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 just what the I guess the agenda that Sorkin's trying to push there. I, I mean, certainly for that character. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. You know, this movie is self-contained, right? It's it's mm-hmm. all of the movie takes place within the military structure. Yes, and so everything good that we see from characters and everything bad can be attributed to that, yeah. Um, or or is encompassed by that right. world. So right. so he's not necessarily saying that everyone in the military thinks like this and is evil, right? Because there's Tom Cruise and Demi Moore and Kevin Pollock on the other side saying. Right. These are these are the honorable traits we need to uphold as yeah. military officers. Yeah. 
So, so you have both sides pushing and pulling against each other, which I, which I think makes for a compelling story here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it was all just like Jessup's. You, you just do the code red, and nobody would bat an eye, and he'd, right. he'd rise to right. whatever attorney general or whatever he's going to be, not attorney general. Right, yeah. Uh, some kind of general level, and uh-huh. that'd be it. Yeah. Or colonel? Is he going for colonel? I don't know what the fuck. I can't yeah. remember the position General is, I think, the top rank of the U.S. Marine Corps. He is a colonel? He's a colonel. Okay, and he's going for the generalship. Or something right. along, because I think there's a couple steps in between. The Marine ranks are a little weird, I think, of, of all of it, because it's a weird blend of, like... Army and Navy, as okay. you as you would expect for essentially uh, that that's the role. That's the role. They're a mutant bastard hybrid of the Army and, and the the Navy. Uh, uh, while, while we're talking about Jessup, I think so. Th- there are a lot. Well, I want to say a lot of good scenes. There are actually only I think three scenes with Jack Nicholson in them. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The first one is his meeting with Markinson and Kendrick, where they hatch in the cover they, up. Yeah, they t- they say no, we're we're not going to go easy on this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is the meeting in Cuba with Tom Cruise and Demi Moore, mm-hmm. where you know they insult each other. Right. Uh, and Demi Moore gets a little too questiony for Tom Cruise's taste. Uh, so, okay. And then the third one is the final scene. Right. Um, what was the point of Tom Cruise getting? I, it's like as Demi Moore's pushing this point that's a futile point you know it's like it's it's that's that's her job in the movie is to be as exasperating like well I object we're overruled well I super object you know and every, yeah. every lawyer everyone in the audience is like Jesus Christ lady <laughs> uh okay you know it's like and I like how Pollock kind of lays it out at the end because because yeah. it's not Tom, I don't think it's Tom Cruise I think it's Kevin Pollock where he's just like oh really we're gonna super object oh it's uh-huh. like has there any time in the history of the world a judge been like Oh well, on second consideration, you're right. My first instinct was to, like, it's it's a good scene, but like, why? I because I'm of two minds of it. And one mind says Tom Cruise actually wanted her, and he made a big deal about her answer question just to get her dander up, so it would get kind of like Jessup emotionally off balance. Just like it was, it was a smaller scale version of Tricky Plate at the end. So then, hmm. when he dropped the "Can I get the paperwork?" question on you, it was he was going to get more of a genuine reaction out of the man. Hmm. Or was he really upset that Demi Moore is getting Nicholson worked up so that he wouldn't be able to accurately gauge the emotional reaction his question had? I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I I can tell you what goes on in, like, the final scene. Yeah. Uh, Some of those finer points there are maybe lost on me. I think that, I mean, I, I think it's more effective storytelling if it's the former, where he's just like, he sees that she's asking a question, he could just let her ask it. But he riles her up to get Jessup riled up so that he would be off balance, just the same way that he brought in these guys that don't know shit and has Pollock walk in a last-minute piece of paper that seems like, yeah, fuck yeah, I got you now, Bolt, <laughs> just just so he would be sweating a bit so he could get emotionally carried away in his testimony. Yeah. Could be. I mean, he he does, you know, bluff. He, he definitely bluffs with those uh, Andrews Air Force Base ground mm-hmm. crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, witnesses <laughs> were going to testify that they knew absolutely nothing about right. this flight. That yeah. was pretty yeah. brilliant. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I I and think the like, balls on Tom Cruise to be like, you know, essentially like at, at the height of that, the pressure he's applying to Jessup to be like use those two guys that literally know nothing. Yeah, but it's brilliant strategy because you know that Jessup. Like if you're if you're convinced that Jessup did this thing, then he's got to be sweating because he did a whole bunch of extracurricular activities to get suppress this information. So he knows yeah. damn well 
there's probably a couple dozen people out in the wind that could blow his shit up. Uh huh. And he doesn't know who if they, they are. remember. Yeah. Right. Because you don't ask details. Now give me the name of everyone you're going to order to uh-huh. cover up this bullshit for me. No, you just say take it out of logs. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I, so to talk about Demi Moore's character a little bit, I, I feel like it's weird that how they use her most mm. of the time. Because it is in those moments of like, almost a foil to the case right like there's this moment you talked about the moment in the courtroom but you go back to that cuba meeting with with jessup Mm -hmm. and she's pushing all these questions that are not really getting anywhere right and tom cruise is saying let's let's please get out of here yeah this is not helping uh and i get it she's maybe somewhat inexperienced she's she's an investigator first first and foremost Right. right with internal affairs she's doing what she does and and they but, they, but, they, but they, it sets jessup off yeah, right like yeah. it, it and in one way like it it doesn't do the defense any favors but in another way it tells them exactly what kind of person jessup is and they use that later in order to rile him up and get him to admit uh what they want him to admit because there there does a, there is an underlying brittleness to his strength Absolutely, like these, yeah. per, like he can't abide these personal slights, and he wants to, you know, if you're going to humiliate or embarrass him in his eyes, and he's going to make you grovel, like there's, mm-hmm. that, and I, 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 I it, it's all there for sure. It's all there for sure. And, and I think he, he in that Cuba scene is both annoyed with having to answer the questions of an underling mm-hmm. in Tom Cruise, and perhaps also annoyed at having to answer the questions of a woman. Who who is an officer? Yeah, and there, that's I was about to talk about next is like there is, I, I couldn't. The other thing keeping me from getting a peg on uh, Demi Moore's character is this movie made ninety two. I kept on thinking the objections to her as a lawyer are just essentially because she's a woman, mm-hmm. but in a weird reverse kung fu, I think the movie does a good job of making it clear to people's objections to her are real and material objections to her as practicing yeah. the law. Like Absolutely. When, like when, you know, the old boys, like, kick her out of the rooms, they can talk behind her back, you'd be like, well, I don't know if this woman, G.I. Jane, can handle it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. But they don't. They're like, yeah. this woman is, like, a rules-heavy, shitty trial experience. She's a mm-hmm. stick, like, like, she's kind of a pain in the ass. It's nothing about her being a woman. It's just the, the fact of, like, it's this personality-based. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, like, throughout the movie, it's like that. I kept expecting it just to be that but also yes i cannot help but watch colonel jessup and think that he takes does not take kindly i mean he's he's certainly a sex the the biggest sexist pig in the movie i think so yeah um although like you know they made tom cruise a lot of his like shit that he's i don't know it's so it seems like there's a lot of tom cruise being sexist towards demi Moore, but i think that's more sorkin just like oh look at these oil and water types not mixing and yeah yeah you know, but there again, then why and the his weird laissez-faire thing? attitude about everything? Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I do think like they do, they do a really good job showing that that god complex on like I do dangerous work that no one else does on Jessup, and it comes into play at the end of the movie in spectacular fashion. Uh, and you need an actor like Jack Nicholson in this role yeah. because he has to be intimidating. He has to inherently command respect, um, both you know with his face and his actions. Uh-huh. Uh, and I can't imagine anybody else in this role. Right. It's just it's an amazing iconic performance, and it's so small too. I, I read that Jack Nicholson got paid five million dollars for probably out of a thirty-three three million dollar budget for three days, literally three yeah, days. Worth I was of thinking work. like, yep, each of those scenes was one day, yeah. and he's done. Yeah. 
It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But in my opinion, he makes this movie. No, you you pay Jack Nicholson $5 million so that you can you can fully develop his character in three scenes. Yes. Because yes. he's just, it's like hiring uh, Arlie Ermy as your drill. Like, you <laughs> uh-huh. don't, you just see him screaming in someone's face for five seconds. Like, yes, that's exactly who that person is. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a skill. And like, you know, Jack Nicholson, when he gives a fuck, just like Brando before him is mm-hmm. a fucking, is a force of nature to be reckoned with. Sure. If, he gives a fuck, yeah. um, and you can get him get 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 him to do it. Um, I want to talk about the like the the obvious Sorkinisms we we see in this movie. We've talked about okay. a few of them, but like they start off the top with like the one of the most famous, the walking and talking. Yeah, like Demi right. Moore just like you know walking briskly and having this professional conversation. I don't think I've ever seen a a, a walking and talking soliloquy, but but here here yeah. we get one. The other one is when like Tom Cruise is like you don't know me and Demi Moore's like I know you. It's like like if you said to me you don't know me and I'm like but I do. You're Jim Jones. You you know have a two year degree an associate's degree at Ivy Tech and you're currently based in Cincinnati. But right. you have ma- you've had you've had domiciles in Indianapolis, Chicago, and San Diego. <laughs> you been podcasting for eight years and there's three hairs in her left nut. Like like she just just like. I don't believe anyone in the history of the universe has ever done this. Has right. ever just come up and blown someone up by the, the by the way they can recite their fucking resume to them. Yeah, this is definitely a movie thing that Sorkin does. I mean, it's so like that's the thing. Like, if you see this, like, because that reads as like Demi Moore is just like a fucking cyborg. Like, she's like mm-hmm. one mintat from the Dune universe. But every time you see it since, it's like, oh, this is this is such horseshit. This is just uh, this is this is just a way to make exposition a little bit more interesting, but just the, the only analogy I can come up with is it's like someone walks up to you with a squirt gun and squirts you in the chest, right? And you say, "You'll you'll you'll never get me wet. It's impossible." Right? And then they pull out a fucking fire hose and and just launch you into the stratosphere right. with a cannon of water. Right, right. That's what he's doing here, right? Like. I, I but don't it's, know. What's it, weird is it like seems when silly in a lot if of Tom Cruise asserts you don't know me and she just reads off his resume, the perfect re- rebuttal to that would be, "That's not me, dumbass. I don't mm. put my deepest fears, thoughts, and mo- inner motivations on my resume. Be gone." Yeah, like the reaction isn't like this dumbstruck. Oh my god, you are inside my skull just because you can rattle off easily publicly verified details of my life. He should rattle off her resume and then say, "Do I know you?" Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You've you've been a mild disappointment to your family that wished that you had. Yeah, it's like I mean, a bit. I mean, but it's cl- it's classic Sorkin. Like is, every yeah. single thing. Like this happens five times a season in <laughs> The West Wing. It happens yep. five or six times I know of in the net the the newsroom. Um, any others that I'm that I'm that I'm missing? Uh, probably. Probably I can't pinpoint him though. A lot of schmaltzy, 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 vaguely patriotic musical cues when people start getting speechifying in this one too. Yep. You know, uh, that's actually yeah. Anyway, I can't and wait. A, and a lot of dense, um, you know, rapid fire dialogue. Oh yeah. Uh, especially when Tom Cruise gets going. That, that's the other thing. <laughs> Tom Cruise's character in this is doubly weird because I feel like there's a point in the movie where he goes from complete and utter fuck up to lawyer superhero. Right. A trial lawyer superhero. A guy right. who 
freely admits that he's never really seen the inside of a courtroom. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a little tongue in cheek. He has to going through law school. Yeah, yeah. But but he's never done like an actual real trial as sure. an independent lawyer. Yeah, this is like Matt Damon's Rainmaker character. You know, he's drinking the glass and a shake because he, he's, yeah. he's so nervous. But 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 at some point he becomes deeply. Uh, almost intuitively familiar with the psychology and the strategy, the tactics of trial law. Right. uh, Of practicing it. And I don't know where that switch comes from. It's it's clear that, like, he changes his mind and says, okay, I'm going to engage on this Mm -hmm. case because it's it's warranted. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's worthy of my attention. But I just didn't – I never saw anything from him that told me that he was – well-versed in the tactics of trial litigation well it's almost like it's this it's this that he was like it's all genetics and talent like his father was like this and and maybe there is some of that because if you grew up because his father died five years before then so like i can imagine like if you had a like insanely well-regarded and respected trial lawyer and there's something about his mental acuity and like the way he would deal with his family like maybe the way he'd interrogate like if tom cruise clogged the toilet and he'd sit down on his brothers and sisters and be like, all right, I'm going to cross-examine each one of you little fuckers. What and... an asshole. He clogs the toilet and then cross-examines his brothers and sisters? <laughs> no, I say this. His oh, dad. Okay. His dad is the one. And, like, you see, like, oh, this is, gotcha. like, I, I, I've, I've been raised with this this lawyer blood flow. It yeah, is a little yeah. little Game of thrones right? Like, I, I've got my father's raging lawyer blood coursing through my veins. A little and bit, And I just yeah. have to tap into that. But that's that's a little bit Sorkin-y, too. Like, there there is these... Like Ubermensch levels of talent, and mm-hmm. that overcomes like like it, it, you know Tom Cruise's LeBron James of basketball. He like came out, you know, what like he's eighteen years old and taking the lead by storm. There's mm-hmm. a little bit, and, and sometimes that does happen. But sure, yeah, uh, I, mean, I don't be... think the legal field is probably one of them where you know you, you, that that courtroom experience seems like it's so vital. It has to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you just have a father who. In. You know, goes around daily right. uh, talking about the ins and outs of trial law. You putting just, you through mock court and mock right. court, and I would think you would still need some experience in actual court to do that stuff. I would think so too. But but there's a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, I talked about how silly in some ways Tom Cruise's character is, but also there's a lot of stuff that's really good here. I do think the development of that character makes a lot of sense. You know, with all the pressures on him, and I think that once they get him into the court. And he's got this decision to make about will he or won't he pursue Jessup. It it becomes he gets entangled in this case much more than he wanted to in the beginning, but in mm-hmm. a way that he won't allow himself to back out of. Both because you know he he's being shamed into it, but also he starts to feel that honor, that sense of responsibility. Uh, and then he there's a moment where he pushes all of his chips in. Right, he says, "Okay, if I can't get Jessup to admit that he called this code red." My career is over. Yo, I'm it's betting a, every yes, on this. Yes, and and I'm doing it. Not just career. Maybe it's freedom because they're talking like it's yeah. it's a pretty important yeah. crime. And if a very well political guy would have the the right. juice to fuck you, like you're Absolutely. not. Yeah, like every single time you go to court, he called the judge personally and be like, "Now you're not going to let this fucking ass wiper, navel jag, you know, <laughs> piss all over the core, are you? you right. Know? No. So th- there's just a ton at stake there, and I feel like. He's not just doing it out of some sense of, like, I want to make my father proud or, like, I have a legal responsibility. He's doing it because he sees these clients that he's defending, and he knows he owes it to them. And he owes it to the other two lawyers that he's been working with for this time. He owes it to the military branch that he serves in. 
he truly understands what honor means in that situation, and he's willing to bet everything on it. And I think that's, it, you know, it's a little schmaltzy. It's a little over the top, but it's also, also very an, effective. Another Sorkin thing, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. But yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, uh, I think there's a couple other, like, Sorkin kind of elements, which are um, fairly interesting insights into things. Like, there's this one thing where, um, you know, Cruz and Pollock are trying to explain an actual courtroom to Demi Moore's character. And they're like, you know, when we're talking about the jury, it's not just about the law, it's assigning blame. Like, it's yeah. it, like, in, it, like they got this horrific thing that's happened. Someone's got to be, an, a, uh, you know, someone's got to take responsibility for this. I got two people in front of me that the government think like there's an insane amount of pressure to presumption of innocence, Mm -hmm. which he also illustrates where like Tom Cruise, there's this uh, medical doctor that gives his opinion that this guy was poisoned. And Tom Cruise just gets up and says, this guy's got some fake ass law degree. And I got Polaroid. I've seen Polaroid pictures of him molesting children. And he doesn't know shit about poison. And he's done fucked up the case. And he just rants and raves. And like, you know, Kevin Bacon's like, objection, objection. And the and the judge is like, sustained, sustained. And, and then there's like some half-assed like, oh, yeah, jury, just disregard everything he said. Right. People don't work that, that way. Yeah. Like, there's like this jury's like, I want, I, I want to know what's on them Polaroids, man. This doctor sounds like a fucking that nutcase like <laughs> right it's so funny to me that like this lawyer can introduce all this crazy shit and then they just say well like the jury like some kind of man in black mind wiping device like you know none of that actually happened Pa-ching! yeah so, like there's so the, the state i mean that's the thing that i've come to realize is the state just has an immense amount of power against the defendant mm-hmm. um and it's like it's a miracle anyone gets acquitted honestly <laughs> Um, and these guys, I guess, didn't get fully acquitted. Yeah, and, and like you said, Tom Cruise knows that it's not necessarily about proving that they didn't do it exclusively. Right. It's also about giving giving the jury somewhere else to put the blame. Right, right. Because somebody yeah. had to to be at fault here. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought that that uh, was pretty cool. Some of the other like legal maneuverings, like I don't know. I'm always, as a non-lawyer, I'm like, this has got to be, like, the most exceptional type of shit. Like, because otherwise, why'd they make a movie of it? But, Uh like, it just seems like there's so many, like, juicy things. Like, you get the, you know, Noah Wiley and, you know, like, show me the code red, where this is, and all, like, Kevin Bacon just, like, being a smarmy ass. And Uh then they're like, where's the mess hall? Did you not eat the whole time? And, like, well, I guess I just went with the crowd. That's great. I love that scene. And then I thought, like... Was it effective, the core thrust of Tom Cruise's argument against Jessup at the end, where he's like, um, you know, which is it, Colonel? Do your men all follow your orders unquestionably, or do people take upon their own to dislike? That feels like a Star Trek android argument, where like a reasonable person can but be it's like... Not. It's about what... It's about Colonel, reasonable doubt, right? It, well, it's, it's about what Colonel Jessup himself believes. Whether, whether his men follow his orders to the T always or not, Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because it's about what Colonel Jessup believes. Because in this moment, he's saying, I believe that my orders will always be followed. Right. And I've given an order that he not be touched. Right. And yet I'm doing something that directly contradicts that spoken belief. Right. I'm, I'm transferring him off the base. But if, if, if he wasn't to be touched, he was in no danger. Why the transfer? But like I felt like Colonel Jessup was well on his way to being like, look. I do believe that firmly, but I'm also mm-hmm. not a betting man when it comes to another man's life, so I took that as a precaution. Uh-huh. 
So I feel but, but, like that's... But, but that's not the kind of guy Jessup is, and I think Caffey knows that. So he's like... Because the, the other thing is, like, I felt like Jessup um, was all too willing to just make up lies. Like, if that's the type of guy that he is, like, I felt like he was way too willing to just ta- tell a mamby-pamby version of the truth. I don't know. There's something... I, I think I think that's true until you get to the core of what Jessup believes and how he views himself. Yeah. He doesn't view himself as as a guy whose orders will not be followed. Right. And he also makes some strategic errors. I, I, I guess my question is, how many how many strategic errors can a man make in five minutes with a courtroom before it becomes a little unrealistic? Like, it's, hmm. you know, he gets up without being dismissed. Uh-huh. Then, you know, he <laughs> implements a horseshit, ticky-tacky, uh, professional courtesy, and then disrespects the judge in the exact same way. Mm-hmm thinking that that's going to get like and then he lets tom cruise bait him in this emotional argument where he could have just been like you know i can't spend you know like look i just i i know it sounds like a contradiction but like i didn't get to be a fucking colonel by not making backup plans like i'm pretty sure, sure. that my marines are going to prevail when i take them to salt this hill but you know what i also have a retreat plan and i also have a plan for this and a plan for that like I'm not, you know, like making the point that like I, I'm not, I don't know. But then I guess is like, well, there's no way. But but that isn't that. I, here's isn't that the argument Jessup should have made because then yeah, there's sure. doubt. Like I gave the fucking order and I expected to be obeyed. At some point down in chain of command, it it got fucked up. Maybe it's at these two guys level mm-hmm. because that I guess that protects him. Why does he need to send the? Why does he? Why is it important to him that these two guys take all of the blame? Because if he just raises a doubt, then the government's going to have no case because they're going to have to try to try, you know, uh, every every piece of middle management in between Jessup and the sergeant or the Lance Corporal, rather. Like, yeah, no, I, I think you sitting on the stand make that argument. Yeah. I think Colonel Jessup he just can't. is too full of himself to so, make that argument, to mm, even see that argument. Right. Do you think it was realistic for him once he committed? Like, he seemed to understand the danger of admitting that he did yeah. order to code red. So right. like I, I, huh, this is where so then he does it and he's surprised. He does when, it. And then he's surprised. Like, I think yeah. he should have been shocked when he said it, but like not surprised at the consequences, but I gotcha. That, that would like, to sense. me yeah. like, I felt like there's a lot of guilt, gilding the lily, like, like the climax of the movie was Jessup saying, you're goddamn right. I did. And I do it again. Mm-hmm. That is the climax of the movie, but then they keep stretching out with him like, well, why are you arresting me for this crime that I knew was bad and would be prosecuted as such right. if I admitted it and I just admitted it? And then he goes mad dog on Tom Cruise like, <laughs> like uh-huh. as these – like, and that was felt weird. And then they read the, these guys are charges, and then the one Marine who's the idiot doesn't get it. And then, like, he has to have explained it, and then he's, like, off-strike. I felt like there's a whole lot of lily-gilding when I already was suitably impressed with what happened. Okay. Does that make yeah. sense? No, no, I get what you're saying. Like, in sure. a real courtroom, I, I felt like they could have done a better job of not having Tom Cruise screaming like a lunatic for 30... I mean, mm-hmm. it's very exciting, but... No, th- I, I think you're exactly right. If, if they have... So... Sorkin, Sorkin me... cranked up to 11 out of 10. It should have yeah. been, like, a 10 out of 10. L- let me preface this by saying... I, I love the way the movie ends. Like, Agreed. I'm, I don't want to piss off Sean Ray because... You can ride that fucking beat of, of yes. Jack Nicholson saying, you can't handle the truth, and you're goddamn right I did. You can ride yeah. that all the way through the credits. It's 
it's amazing. That's an amazing moment. Yes. Yeah. And and I don't want to say that this diminishes it too much, but I do think it might have been more effective, like Less you were be- saying, to have Colonel Jessup try and walk it back. So, yeah. Like realize, oh shit! Right, I've done something really bad. I've just fucked myself here, and try and walk that back while the bailiffs are taking him out of the court. Or just grit like, his teeth, and you, he's he's shooting hate daggers at Tom Cruise, but he's not going to protest because he's not like they they made Colonel Jessup to be a very intelligent man, like very yes. well read, yes. you know, Machiavellian, like understand like the fact that he didn't. The fact he didn't understand, like, there's a moment in the Expanse season two where the Secretary General of the UN uh, is having a conversation with this, like, you know, uh, industrialist, and the industrialist suddenly realizes that this guy's not smart enough to realize that his employers know they're working together, and he's like, okay. "Jesus Christ, you don't even realize the real danger we're in." I can't mm-hmm. even believe I've sh- like Jessup should have been have that awareness of like I understand the tactical blunder just happened and i'm i'm furious that this fucking pissant got the better of me yeah. but i have been had like mm-hmm. it 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 kind of weakens my opinion of colonel jessup as an adversary to see him do the shit he did i kind of think that's the point yeah. at the end for him for him to be reduced to this this guy who has no recourse and all he can do is lash out and right. and try and you know fight his way yeah out of the courtroom like yeah i i do think there's something about just thoroughly tearing that man down in the end um that they do effectively there but i i don't think maybe they hit the perfect note but um it was it was still a good note and then i think where the movie kind of picks back up and and i really get you know a sense of of pride in humanity is when these these two defendants are like well fuck you know we're not we're not brought up on like criminal charges for murder or manslaughter but we lose the the code of honor we lose everything that we've been fighting for which is anyway. which was the deal they rejected from tom cruise a good hour and 30 minutes right, earlier the in the six film. months and you're out yeah uh, no problem but then what but Th- then what yeah so they've lost that anyway like none right. of this has helped them in any possible way Except. And then Tom Cruise drops that you don't need a patch on your arm to be honorable. Right. And I think that, in my mind, like, is the perfect capper for this movie. And then we go out to right. credits. So. And then, like, I don't, I guess, like, I felt like the verdict was that's what I would consider justice. Because yeah. Colonel Jessup is the true villain, but it's, it's like, my understanding that everyone, but everyone's responsibility in the Marine Corps would be to not obey unlawful orders. And if you're specifically forbidden in the code of conduct to do these code reds. And that's what they made it clear that the brass has said, this is bullshit. It is stopped because they've, they, they've all made the analysis. Yeah. This isn't war anymore. We're in relative peace. It's an all volunteer army. There's, there's like this beating the shit out of somebody because they increased their <laughs> underwear. Right. Is, uh-huh. is, is dumb, you know? And it's, 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 it's going to get, it, it's, it's, it does bad things. Like it does bad things to the it, to the morale, and you know it can't. Because I can think that some people are like, well, this is just like politically correct or insensitivity run amok. But I don't know, man. Like these admirals, like whenever admirals and generals come out and be like, well, you know, we really really should look be- more, should do a better job taking women seriously when they say they're being assaulted and raped. And like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they're like lifelong soldiers that have a have a penetrating insight into what degrades a fighting force and what doesn't. And I don't know. Yeah, I think oftentimes, like you know, this is this is a blank statement. I don't have any background with the military. Right. I, I hardly even know anybody who's been in the military. I know them loosely. 
Uh, but it seems to me like the military often has very, uh, very good logistical solutions to things, mm-hmm. but maybe not great, you know, soft skills mm, in sure. a lot of ways. Because like you look at that scene with Noah Wiley, and he's talking about how his hand was sweaty and his palm slipped, and he fucking dropped his gun or whatever. Right. Well, they have a solution. They have a logistical solution for that. Here's right. a powder you can yes. put on your hands, right? And to use the powder, it never happened again. No problems. But right. like. Yeah, what do you do when, you know, somebody just doesn't, like, physically can't live up to the right. goals that you've set for your, your squad? Like, they they don't often have solutions for dealing with that. Yeah, the solution like that, is just club it to death. That's what I thought was interesting about the Bo Bergdahl situation, which I understand is different because this wasn't at peacetime and his yeah. deserting from his unit um, arguably, well, unarguably risked people's lives to go out yeah. there and try to find him, but it's arguable that it actually cost lives, although it seems like the commanding officers don't say so. But, like, the point about Bird, Bird, Bo Bergdahl is he'd already washed out of the Coast Guard because of, mm-hmm. like, emotional uh, problems. But because, you know, we had a surge on and we're trying to flow troops over there, uh, like, they, the, the recruiter had all the information when he went to try to, you know, go for the Army instead of Coast Guard. Instead of being like... Look, man, you're going to 4F it because of psychological reasons. <laughs> They're just like rubber stamp, and he gets over there, and he can't handle it, goes crazy, yeah. walks off base. It's like, how, how seems, much of that is his fault? Yeah, like, I get it. Bo Bergdahl, like, and some people are, when we we were briefly discussing season they're really angry about, like, you know, he's a deserter, and he's this and that, but it's like... Did not the institution of the Army bear any collective guilt in putting that man into that position? Sure. Uh... Because they're supposed to, you know, select and train men suitable for the roles that they're putting them into, and they clearly did not do their job. And I, I feel like they didn't do the job with San Diego, Santiago. Like I, yeah, I mean that uh, doctor maybe more specifically, right? But like, just you know, it it's um, when you got a guy who can't do it, it's different from a guy who like you know you're you're trying to build him up into the few the proud marines yeah, right it's like pile right like, like from it's full it, metal jacket there's a difference between like tempering a person and turn and and, give, and unlocking their full potential and essentially bullying a disabled person yeah. and i really felt when like when that guy was like he's like a quarter mile behind and they they reenact and he, he shoved him to the ground the and he he fucking blacked out cuz he's in under in the middle of heat strokes like Jesus, this guy just can't yeah. do it, man. Like he's oh yeah, po- pile in in uh, uh, in Full Metal Jacket, another good example. Yeah, like you know, this guy didn't lose his mind and shoot up his platoon, but it's the same. It's just a different side of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to force people to have no business being there, it's it's not good for anybody. And I think that's like one of you know the questions. Look, the military is dealing with a lot of tricky issues mm-hmm. when it comes to this stuff and like borderline questions like how far do you want your soldiers to follow your orders right in an in, in, in industry where you're you're killing people yeah. like you're doing dirty you're, business. you're doing the most morally irreprehensible things because the state has said it's okay to do so to pursue the interest of our country like Sure. It is the trickiest of businesses. Yes, absolutely. And I don't envy any of the men who are making these decisions and trying, but, you know. And especially when it comes to the obeying orders thing, I feel like that is one of the hardest questions to answer for myself because I do understand the value of just following orders. Right. Especially, you know, as Colonel Jessup would say, when you're behind that fence and, and you got a whole bunch of enemies ready to snipe sure. you if you're wearing the wrong colored uniform, sure. right? Like. 
that shit is dangerous and orders must be followed or people die. Right. How far do you want to take that, right? Because right. then you end up with Nazi Germany. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, there, on the there one is hand, on the an one, absolute yeah. line there somewhere, but, yep. but where you put where it is, is it? a very tricky question. Right, yeah. Um, and I think that's the, those those gray areas. But to me, this movie is interesting because it doesn't really explore a gray area. It explores an area that has specifically been called off by the superiors that yeah. Colonel Jessup... Je, I mean, that's the that's the movie in a microcosm. Like, well, he, his argument this isn't is, a gray area. This is the brass has been paid. Like, this is no. This is now black, and Colonel Jessup says, I think it's still white. And so well, he because is Because of his special circumstance, right? Like, I'm in Guantanamo Bay. I'm not in... You know, a fucking right. Jag Corps because right. the, the fucking like, Cuban army is is about is, is at any minute going to roll tanks on Gitmo. I mean, like they yeah. are facing an existential threat huddled on the windward side of Cuba. Right, like that's the other thing. Like he's not in literally the most dangerous situation. Yeah, like that's that's. That's I don't know. Like maybe de- north south of the DMZ of Korea, you could say right, that, or right. like. You know, height of Cold War, West Germany, you could say that. But fucking uh, Cuba in the 90s? Get out of here, man. Get out of here. Uh, that's fair. But that is his argument, right? That right. I'm a special case. Yeah. That Guantanamo but Bay doesn't again, need to follow those rules. But that's the point. Like, so, so people can just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, he's ignoring the orders. Ignoring, just like they. Exactly. They supposedly can't. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. He's a hypocrite. Yes. For sure. I mean, there's like a lot of these subtle like points that the the... Oh, I don't know how subtle they are because it is an Aaron Sorkin thing, but you know, um, it is kind of funny. And that he contrasts the like free thinkers, the people like uh, the Lance Corporal who, because that's the other thing is like that's Lance Corporal's a righteous dude. Like he was looking after people, but his, I mean, it reminds me of kind of like Moses, right? You know, Moses is like this, uh, like he's God's favorite homeboy, does everything right throughout his life. At right before you get to the promised land, he smacks a stick on a rock and says, yeah. "God damn it! You see, I, you made me get water. You made me get water for you people." And God's like, "Hey, yo, you forgot to say I did it." Yeah. So guess what? You're gonna you're gonna climb up this mountain. You're gonna see the people crossing the, the promised <laughs> land. You're gonna die here because the promised land ain't for you, Moses. Yeah. Like this guy had stood up and and they offer him like, "Well, you're not ever going to get a promotion unless you beat the shit out of some of these guys." And he's like, "Fine, I'll t- I'll, I'll, I'll I hope the Lance Corporal thing was worth it because." That's that's a pretty stiff penalty. Like he's going to get drummed out, a dishonorable discharge. I don't know how much is how big of a thing that is nowadays. Like I I've heard that it used to be like just under being a felon. Like you know people would take that shit seriously. Oh, you got a well, let's say you're kind of oh you got a dishonorable discharge. Well, you must be some kind of stripe of shit weasel. Um, yeah, I mean, for people who pride themselves on their honor. But no, I'm um, saying, like, much for job prospects and getting oh, apartments okay, yeah, and, yeah. like, getting your, like, I'm assuming you don't get any of the GI Bill benefits if you're dishonorably discharged. Like, it probably got a lot of real-life impacts on this guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wonder, like, all through the chain of command, like, is, um, who was the guy who was his lieutenant? It's not Kevin Bacon, because he was the, the, the lawyer. Keith Yes, that, Keith, the, like, yeah, young as hell, Keith Kiefer. Yeah. Um, like, is he, I'm sure, like, because there was a warrant out for his arrest at the end of the movie. Like, they're, yeah, like yeah. the entire chain of command, the other guy just blew his brains out. Like, is everybody going to be held equally responsible? I guess so, yeah. I guess there'll be a trial for them anyway. Uh, I mean, I, I imagine, so, so, I imagine that the same fate will befall Kendrick as did Downey and, and Dawson. Right, they'll he'll just be dishonorably discharged because he was just following orders as well. 
the yeah. same way they were. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, Carl Jessup, now he's in, he's broken regulations. Yeah, and he know? admitted he's, it in, uh, uh, already in sworn testimony. Right, so he's going to be court-martialed and probably probably also dishonorably discharged. I don't know. I mean, he's not going to be executed. No, no, right? no, no, I mean, no. no. Um, so everybody's just out. What else do you want to talk about? Because uh, Sean had another thing you want us to consider. Uh, let, me, let me ask you one more thing. Th- there's not much Santiago in this movie. And I saw some criticism leveled against the film for not humanizing Santiago and not making us identify more with him. But I honestly thought that that was kind of the point. Yeah, I thought same. in order to get more at this examination of, you know, whatever surface level it's at, uh, this examination of when do you follow orders, um, you know, how how much how much can you justify by saying I'm protecting the country, that kind of stuff. Yeah. In order to do that, you didn't want to humanize Santiago. Mm-hmm. You wanted him to be more of a an idea than a human being well also our relationship with santiago is tom cruise's relationship he's got the the letters that we see right dramatized which right. is more than i thought we'd get um and we hear like statements made by the uh, his fellow marines but like mm-hmm. i felt like that helped you get into the headspace of like demi moore and tom cruise because it's not like they yeah. got to go replay the movie of his life and <laughs> right i thought That's maybe I, okay. I bet there's on the cutting room floor a scene with his aunt where he talks she talks about him growing mm-hmm. up and what a sweet boy he was and you know all, all that business because she was an awful big character for this just for the sight gag of thinking that she's like this old hag and it turns out she's i don't know a perfectly serviceable person like uh-huh. she's just she's yeah. just a, she's just a, she's just a woman She's not super old. She's older. not barefoot and so butt was too. I. Like I, I don't know what it, but you know, it's like it's like I. There, she had to have had a bigger role. Like that can't have been. I assume so. Yeah. But I, 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 if if there was, like, I thought they made a, the smart choice to like pair that away to like our relationship with them is just what Tom. It's so he's he's almost an ideal. He's not a person mm-hmm. because that's what we're talking about. Like w- w- this is essentially. Uh, you know what's right and what's wrong. Like yeah. if this guy, it was a was a bad person. Mm-hmm. He didn't deserve what happened to him, and it wouldn't justify the military. Pop- and if he was like a saint, it wouldn't either. Yeah. So I, yeah, I agree with you. I think humanizing him would be. I understand the impulse, but I think it would take away from the narrative. Okay, I, I agree. I yeah. also felt like he was pretty humanized. I like I said, on my the three seconds I saw the guy getting shoved to the dirt, my heart went out to him. Yeah, that's true. So. They they could have done more there certainly, but I'm kind of glad they didn't. Um, did you have any other points? Tom Tom Cruise has a pretty good Jack Nicholson impression, although yeah. I don't feel like it was based on this movie. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. based on his other works. That that is an interesting meta observation because you're right. Tom Cruise isn't really doing Colonel Jessup; he's no. doing Jack Nicholson. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, because okay, so Caffey knows of Jack Nicholson outside <laughs> of the universe of this movie, or what? Yeah, no, that's pretty funny. Because you're right. Now that I I wouldn't have made that connection, but I'm replaying it. And I'm like, yeah, 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 totally, <laughs> totally. All right, that's all I got. Also, like, it's funny because like Kevin Pollak is a world renowned impressionist. I bet he can do like an oh, ironclad yeah. Nicholson, and Tom Cruise is doing that in front of him. It'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like uh, uh, Kevin Pollock running in front of Tom Cruise. Like Tom <laughs> right. Cruise, like the fuck, the fuck. Well, you, you got this running? guy. You got this guy running. Like he should have just ran as fast as he could in that uh, that courtroom. 
just to show up. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to show me up impressions? I'm going to, here's my Tom Cruise run. Uh, but uh, so this, just give you an idea of how fucking late we are on these commissions. We're over a year and a half late. Christ. Uh, this this poor Sean, he sent us in uh, this message when Tom Cruise and the Mummy came out. Oh, man. He says, in honor of the Mummy coming out this weekend, I'd like for you to briefly discuss... Discuss? Discuss it. Discuss, yeah. rather. Tom Cruise's career. He has had an amazing dramatic performance okay. in Rain Man, Born on Fourth of July, many others. But in recent years, he's fully embraced the leading man action role, which I love. But again, wish he would get his dramatic dramatic acting muscles in tune again. Can you both please discuss what you like about his filmography and compare contrast his acting abilities as a dramatic actor and as an action leading man? Uh, sure. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite Tom Cruise performance, the one where I think he did the best job. Uh, it's pretty damn good here. I think... I really like The Color of Money, but I don't know if I like Tom Cruise right. in The Color of Money or if I just love that movie. Uh, Top Gun is is just so cheesy, it's hard to right. say that's one of his best. Have you seen Far, Far and Away is the one he's, he was in with Nicole Kidman, and it's it's terrible. But okay. A Few Good Men is really good. The Firm is really good. His vampire, Lestat, is really good in Empire of the Vampire, Interview of the Vampire. You know what? I mean, Eyes Wide I, Shut I is he was super a, interesting. I thought he was incredible in Tropic Thunder. Yeah? He's fucking You're amazing in Tropic Thunder. Wrong. And Rock of Ages, too. Like, yeah? Th- they're He's very weird, funny Rock of Ages. silly performances, but they're very good. I like to think that uh, Eyes Wide Shut is a sequel to Far and Away, and just what happened after Nicole, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise got married and bored. Oh, I mean, boy. he's amazing in Magnolia. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, you're right. As that guy who's like essentially a fuck boy because his daddy doesn't love him uh-huh. and like i mean like i said i tom cruise has got a lot of facets to him mm-hmm. uh collateral whole like i don't i don't like him much in like uh I, the minority report's fine last samurai's fine but collateral i think he like is the first time he played like a badass that i'd find scary because even hunt won't kill you vampire stat he might kill you but you'll have a boner or whatever <laughs> Collateral, <laughs> that guy is just like a, he's just a fuck, he's just a fucker. You know, he plays a it. real, like, unsympathetic uh, killer in that movie. I, man, there, percentage-wise, Tom Cruise might be, like, percentage of their filmography-wise, right. Tom Cruise might be my most watched uh, He's in a actor. lot of stuff. I, I mean, but I've seen like ninety five percent of the movies he's been sure, in. I don't know that I sure. can say that about any other actor. And he's like, he's uh, he's he's all over the place um, as far as genre, yeah, and who he's worked with. Like that's the other thing I guess I like about Tom Cruise is he seems like he continually like wants to work with the best. Like that's one of the things yeah. he does with the Mission Impossible franchise is like who's an interesting director working right now. This guy's worked for you know everybody from Rob Reiner to um, God. Uh, uh, Oliver Stone, yeah. yeah like he's yeah. he's he's worked with some of the best and Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> I mean, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. I mean, uh he's he seems like he's a wacko guy. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what the real Tom Cruise is. I don't know what the person of Tom Cruise is. I don't know what he believes and thinks and feels, but holy shit is he really good at doing those things on camera. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I think, you know, I'm thinking like 
Edge of Tomorrow and his stuff though he's done in Mission Impossible, and then he went and added Jack Reacher to his his belt. Like he's just done an amazing uh, job. And I don't know which. I guess you know how often does he have to go to the serious dramatic role? Um, is my question because like he did that like the last tried la- that I- in Last Samurai, yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking if I go back, the last like really in- like that that like Valkyrie might be the last time he was in a serious drama. Um, that's about the assassination of Hitler. Um, Last Samurai. Oh, yeah, yeah, that I was, saw Valkyrie. That was that. I guess that would definitely be it. But it seems like he has been going more towards the ironic Tom Cruise and the the Tom Cruise running type of roles. Yeah, action Cruise, action Cruise, and he's good at it. He's good at it. Uh, so I think that's all I had to say about a few good men. Yeah. Um, thank you sean ray for commissioning this movie and the many others and i feel like uh five out of the next upcoming eight uh, outstanding commissions <laughs> we have are sean's so thank you uh for your support uh uh of bald move as always and it was a lot of fun watching this for the first time in a long time and if you have to pick a godfather not a bad godfather to watch over and over again mm-hmm. uh we will see you next time until then i'm aaron and i'm jim later